0: Well, stand with me once again this morning. I know you just seated. Stand again. It's a good thing about a Pentecostal church. You get your steps and your squats in today. (laughs) We're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 19. 2 Kings chapter 19. We're going to begin reading with verse 1. 2 Kings, if you're not sure where that's at, it's after 1 Kings. Right before 1 Chronicles. Old Testament book. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, he ridden his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and the Elders of the priest covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amaz. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble, a day of rebuke, a day of blasphemy. For the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be that the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Ishakah, the king of Assyria. His master has sent him to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer. For the remnant that are left. (laughs) It's good to have Larry and Christy Sheffield with us today. And Kelsey. And I'm going to ask him if he would pray over me this morning as I preach. Please, sir. Amen. You may be seated. So Hezekiah has spent time and he has brought the nation of Judah back to the place of God. His dad was a man named Ammon. Ammon was not a Christian man. Ammon was a very wicked man. I'm sorry, Ahaz. Ahaz. Ahaz was his dad and Ahaz was a very wicked man. Ahaz went to Damascus and got a picture of a drew a picture of an, of an altar there and came down and he moved all the stuff that was dedicated to the Lord and he put his own altar there and he was, he was a very, very vile, very, very wicked man and his son Hezekiah took over when Ahaz died and Hezekiah took over and he began to move the nation back toward God and, and he, had a, he had a struggle to move them back. The Bible says, whenever he started to do his first Passover, he decided he was going to do a Passover that was greater than any other Passover they'd ever had. And the Bible says that whenever he went to do the Passover, the priest, the very people that should be in charge of the Passover, the Bible says they didn't sanctify themselves. They didn't spend time getting themselves ready for the Passover. They were, they were still so caught up in the world and the things of the world that they didn't even prepare for the Passover. And the Levites, the, the, the people that attended church, the Levites were the ones that sanctified themselves because their leaders wouldn't, wasn't in the position to do it. And, and they had a Passover. And as they had the Passover, if you read about it, it's in 2 Chronicles 29 and 30. As they began this Passover, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the priest. And they begin to repent. And the, and the Bible says that there was a great revival. You said, how do you know there was a great revival? Because in 2, 2 Chronicles 31, the Bible says that the people went out and began to destroy the idols and to destroy the things around them and to destroy all the things that were not of God. They began to sanctify their lives and set it apart. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when Jesus Christ gets to be in your life, you'll put away your idols. Ha, ha, ha. When Jesus Christ <laughs> becomes the Lord of your life, oh, the things that you think are so important, they won't seem so important anymore. The voices that try to speak in your head, you'll be able to silence them by the power and the anointing of the Almighty. When Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of your life, you'll put away your idols, you'll put away the things that, are, that, that, that beset you, you'll, those, those secret sins will become exposed and you'll be able to get rid of them once and for all. You'll be able to destroy all the strongholds of the devil when Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of your life hallelujah he says in here he says in here in verse 3 he says then thus saith Hezekiah this day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy he said that because a wicked King cinema cinema a, a, a man named Rebsheka. He's a he's a leader. That's a title of a leader in this country. And you begin to say, "I'm going to destroy Jerusalem. I have this huge army. I'm on my way there. I've already destroyed all these other cities. I've destroyed all their gods, and I'm coming to you next. And I'm on my way. And when I get there, I'm going to destroy Jerusalem and destroy everything about it." And and Hezekiah heard these words, and he said, "This is a day of rebuke, a day of trouble, a day of blasphemy." And here's his reasoning: for the children are come to birth, and there's not strength to bring forth. I want to stop there for just a minute. The children have come to birth and there's not strength to bring forth. Hallelujah. As you walk this life, as you walk this life, you're going to come across trials and troubles and, and tribulations. Jesus said in John 16:33, "In this life you will have troubles." In this life, you're going to have trials. In this life, you're going to have tribulation. But he said what? Be of good cheer. Why? Because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. So your life is going to have troubles. Your life is going to have trials. Your life's going to have tribulations. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be opportunities for you to walk away from God. There's going to be opportunities for you to walk away from your spouse. There's going to be opportunities for you children to run away from your homes. There's going to be opportunities where things seem to be so bad, so horrible, so terrible that you just don't think you can endure it, that you can't stand it another day, that you've had it as long as you can have it. You won't be able to to take it anymore you feel like you're gonna go crazy totally depressed or maybe even become suicidal because of the trouble and the trials you're going through that is something that is a situation of life you go out in the world you find people in the world today and ask them are you happy ask them are you happy if they're truthful with you most of them will tell you no Their government's in a mess. Their culture's in a mess. Their finances are in a mess. Everything's in chaos in their life. Their families are a mess. Everything's a mess. And I'm telling you today that the world in which we live is enduring trials and troubles and tribulations. And the way to overcome those is to be able to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ is the power. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the good shepherd. He is the conquering king. He is the overcomer he is the lover of my soul he is my healer he is my deliverer he is my baptizer he's my he's my soon-coming king he's my lily of the valley he's my bright morning star he's the bright morning star he's the power of my soul he's the one that redeems me keeps me walks me wakes me puts me to bed at night it's Jesus and Jesus Christ alone hallelujah Hezekiah said the troubles come it's time to bring forth you know what he's saying it's time to put up or shut up Time to put up or shut up in this world. You will have tribulation But when that tribulation comes, can you be of good cheer? When that trial comes, can you be of good cheer? when that situation when the doctor gives you the report you didn't want to hear Joyce and Donnie went in the hospital over the weekend Hadn't eaten anything since last Thursday. Couldn't get any, couldn't keep anything down. He would eat and come right back up. He's, he's having all kinds of situations. They go down to Altus. Altus tells him, you've got a blockage in your, in your intestine. We've got to get that thing out of there. We're not going to be able to do it here. They send him down to Baptist. When they get down there to Baptist, the surgeon, they said, in, you, you, know the, you know the story, right? You go in the emergency room and you find out that you're not an emergency because they keep you sitting in there for hours and hours and hours and hours he can't eat stomach's hurting he's in pain hadn't eaten anything in four days they come in there the surgeon comes in and he says well I know what they said at Altus but I, I want to look for myself and the CD you brought from Altus is blank so you need to go get another CD I asked asked Joyce, I said, don't we live in the 21st century? Can't they email that? But no. And they wouldn't go get it. She had to leave her husband, go out and get in the car, drive back to Lumberton, pick up a CD, bring it back to Baptist Hospital and bring it in. And the surgeon read it and came in and he said, I don't see what they saw down at at, at Altus, but I don't see anything and I'm going to send him home in the morning. That's what we said. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Till he tried to eat, came right back up. Another surgeon comes in the next day and looks at it. He says, oh my goodness, he's, he's blocked up. There's nothing going through his. There's nothing going through his large intestine. That thing is swollen to the point it's about to rupture. We got to get him into surgery, and we got to get him in there now. So Joyce has been with Donnie for four days without anything to eat, sick as a dog, can't keep anything down. Takes him to Altus, takes him down to, to Baptist Hospital with a blockage. Can't read the CD. Has to go back get another CD. Comes back, has one surgeon say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong. We're going home in the morning." And the next morning, "Oh no, we got to have surgery right now." Would you believe she was stressed? Why? She was stressed. Why? Because it was time for the baby to be born. And now there's a question, is there enough strength to bring it forth? The surgeon comes in. He tells her everything he's going to do. I went down there to to sit with the family, got there about 2 o'clock. They were taking him back to surgery. She comes out. She says, how long do you think this will take? She's asking me. I said, not less than three hours. I can promise you, if they're doing a tonsillectomy, it's three hours. This is a little more invasive. At least three hours. Five o'clock comes, hadn't heard anything. Six o'clock comes, haven't heard anything. Seven o'clock comes, haven't heard anything. I, I went walking down the hall looking for a phone, found one, dialed the number, said, hey, Anybody still back there? Oh, yes, sir, we're back here. Do y'all still have Donnie Foxworth? Yes, we do. Is he still in surgery? Yes, he is. Can somebody come tell us, please, what's going on? Four hours, without any five hours, without any response. She sat there. It's time for the baby to be born. Is there strength to bring it forth? They come out there. They said, everything's going fine. It all looks good. Everything's progressing fine. We should be through soon. About 8.15, they come back there and they say, is the Foxworth family here? Well, yeah, we're the only ones in the entire hospital. Yeah, we're here. We need you back in the back room. We need to consult with you. I I didn't say anything, but I thought that's normally not a good sign. (laughs) When they pull you back to a private room and shut the door and tell you the doctor will be in here in a minute, that's normally not a good sign. We went back there. The doctor comes in. He starts off by saying, first of all, I want to tell you that his, in his large intestine, his colon, was completely blocked. We've been back there all this time because it was so attached to, to everything in the world and his, his colon was so enlarged. We've been back there all this time cutting it loose, taking out the lymph nodes. We've got, we've got all this stuff together. We're, we're not positive that it's cancerous, but it looks cancerous to us. We're going to send it off to the pathologist, but I want to tell you this. I am sure that I got it all. Amen. We're going to he- wait to hear from the pathologist about the lymph nodes. And Joyce said, Praise the Lord. And when she said that, the doctor stopped. He said, That is music to my ears, for I'm also a Christian. And he said, who do you have back here with you? And she said, well, this is Donnie's brother, this is Donnie's brother, this is Donnie's nephew, this this is my son, and this is my pastor. And he said, Pastor, would you pray a prayer of thanksgiving over us for what God has done? I said, I will. We joined hands together. We prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. We thanked the Lord for the surgeon. We thanked the Lord for the procedure. We thanked the Lord for the blessing. We thanked the Lord for what he had done in our hearts. We thanked the Lord for everything. That We thanked the Lord for a good report from the pathologist. We thanked the Lord for everything. Why? Because it was time to bring forth the child, and we found out that we had enough strength to bring it forth. Amen. You see, some of you are going to get concerned about your condition. You're going to say, well, I just haven't been living good enough. I haven't been reading my Bible enough. I hadn't been praying enough. I hadn't been separating myself enough. And now I've run into this problem. I've run into this trial. I've run into this situation and I'm just not sure that God's going to hear my prayer. I'm just not sure I got enough faith. I'm just not sure I got enough anointing. I, I need to call Brother Scott. I need to call Sister Kathy. I need to call Sister Pam. I need to call somebody and get them to pray with me because I just don't think I've got enough power. I just don't think I've got enough authority. I just don't think I've got enough in me you see it's time for the baby to be born and I just don't think I have the strength to bring it forth and I want to tell you this this morning that strength and that power doesn't come from your goodness that strength and that power comes from the grace of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me <laughs> if I got Jesus I got enough if I got Jesus I got enough if I can call his name, hallelujah, <laughs> if I can say in the name of Jesus, Amen. thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, there's an advantage to come into church. There's an advantage to serving God. There's an advantage to knowing that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. There's an advantage to coming to a house and lifting your hands and be able to sing the songs of the power of God. There's an advantage to be a tongue-talking, spirit-filled. All the rest of the words that she said, there's an advantage to being in that position. Why? Because if I've got Jesus, I've got power. If I've got Jesus, I've got authority over all the works of the devil. If I've got Jesus, then I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I don't have to be perfect myself. I'm covered in the blood of one who is perfect this morning, and his power is enough. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) My God, my God, my God. Don't let the devil tell you you're just some pipsqueak. Don't let him tell. Y'all know what a pipsqueak is, right? Okay. Don't let the devil tell you you that you're you're nobody in that church. You're nobody in that church. Nobody knows. If you miss, nobody knows you missed. You're, you're, You're not important. Why would God hear your prayer? He said this. A bruised reed, he wouldn't break. And a smoking flax, he won't quench. If there's, a, if there's enough Jesus in your heart that you know to call out to him, if there's enough Jesus in your heart that you can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. The, the, Jesus told his disciples, he said, he said, Go out two by two and go to the cities that I give you and do the works that I give you to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. They didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit working in their souls. They didn't, they didn't, have, they didn't have a bunch of doctrinal they didn't. They didn't know doctrine. All they knew was Jesus said to go. And when they got out there, they found out that it wasn't dependent upon their doctrine. It wasn't dependent upon them. It wasn't dependent upon their knowledge. It wasn't dependent upon their scriptures. It wasn't dependent upon anything but for them to have faith in the power of the Son of God. And when they began to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, they were healed. When they began to say, in the name of Jesus, be uh, Devils leave, they left. When they begin to speak in the name of Jesus, devils begin to tremble and devils begin to leave. Why? Because it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the responsibility of the disciples to make it happen. It was only the responsibility of the disciples to believe and have faith in what God had told them. He said, if you can have faith the size of a mustard seed, the size of a, a little bitty. Mustard seed. If you can have that much faith, you know I've heard. I I heard a. I heard a. uh, How do I say this without being offensive? Well, I'll just be offensive. I heard. um, I I, I heard a doctrine that said if you pray once for something, if you pray second time, it's 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 lack of faith. And and I want to tell you something. I'm going to pray until I feel God move, whether it's once or twice or five times or ten times or a hundred times. I'm going to pray and ask until I feel God move. Now abide these three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Faith first of all, knowing that God can. I'm going to begin to pray until my faith knows that God can. I said, if it's an addiction that I'm caught up in, I'm going to begin to pray about that addiction until I know that God can deliver me from that addiction. I'm going to ask him to deliver me, and if I fall in it tomorrow, I'm going to repent and I'm going to ask again. And if I fall in it three days from now, I'm going to repent and I'm going to ask again. And, the, and every time I fall, I'm going to repent and I'm going to ask again because I'm building my faith. Faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. So every time I ask God, every time I proclaim it, every time I praise God, every time I worship him, every time I ask his forgiveness, all I'm saying is I believe that God is willing more than able to deliver me from this addiction that I've got and I'm gonna pray until I feel the power of God come in my soul and I know that he is able to deliver me. (laughs) Then once I know That he is able to deliver me. Once I know that. How do I know that? Because I prayed until faith has risen and now I know. Have you ever been to the place where you know? That you just know? Oh, you're still dealing with it. It still hurts. It's, It's still there. But oh, you know. You know. And you start, instead of saying, oh God, would you? You start saying, God, I thank you that you have. I thank you that you have. I thank you that you have healed my body. I thank you that you have delivered me. I thank you that you have. Oh, you may still be dealing with it, but you're dealing with it now from a different position. You're no longer saying, oh, God, would you? Oh, you're convinced now that God will. So now you're saying, God, I thank you that you have, because if you know that God can and you know that God will, then you know that God wants to. And if God wants to, whatsoever he desires, that If my words abide in him, and his words abide in me, I can ask what I will, I can ask what I will, (laughs) I can ask what I will, and it shall be done. There's no question about it. You see, you say, oh, it's time to have faith, and I don't know if there's enough strength to bring it forth. Well, know that you're in Christ Jesus, and begin to call those things that are not as though they were begin to say, I know in whom I have believed and I am, know that he is faithful to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Quit telling me about how hard your life is. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're more than a conqueror. Quit whining around in your vomit. Get up, church. Get up, church. Get up, church. Get up. Get up. Get up. Quit telling me about how the devil's been afflicting you and grab that belt of truth and wear him out. Just like the Lord said grab that belt. My mom sits here. She didn't mind grabbing a belt. I don't know that she called the truth, but it felt like it by the time she got done. My dad didn't tell the truth. He would say, son, this is hurting me more than it's hurting you. I'd say, well, then you ought to let up. It's hurting you that bad. Give us both a break. (laughs) Grab that truth that's in that book. By his stripes, I am healed. It didn't say, if I'm good enough, you'll heal me. It says, by his stripes, I'm healed. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on the one who loved me and gave his life for me. It depends on that precious blood that flowed off the cross that that bought my my salvation and his resurrection that redeemed my soul and made me the righteousness of God. I'm not some pipsqueak. I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm telling you this morning, stop letting the devil tell you you're nothing. Stop letting him tell you, well, yeah, he he healed everybody else, but he's not going to heal you. Stop listening to those lies and know in whom you have believed and have the faith to know that God can and then begin to profess what your faith has said to know that God will and all along have love flowing in your heart so that if it doesn't turn out like you think, you know that God still loves you. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, wouldn't bow before the king Nebuchadnezzar. He played his dulcimers and his harps and his flutes and his lyres and all that stuff and everybody else bowed but those three men stood and they told him he was going to, he told him I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace and he heated it seven times hotter to scare them and he played the music and they wouldn't bow and they, he, they told him, he said don't you understand that I'm the king and I'm going to throw you in that furnace and, and Abednego said yeah Abednego said <laughs> <laughs> there's a, never mind Bendigo said, we're not careful to answer you, O king. I don't have to think about this. My God can. My God can. What is that? Faith. My God can. And my God will. What is that? Hope. My God can and my God will deliver me from your burning fiery furnace. My God can and my God will deliver me from your bad report. My God can and my God will deliver me from this financial situation. My God can and my God will deliver me from this addiction that I find myself in. My God can and my God will raise my self-esteem so that I realize who I am in Christ. My God can and my God will put my family back together. My God can and my God will save my children. My God can and my God will change my situation at work. My God can and my God will heal my body and set me free. My God can and my God will, but if not, but if not, but if not, still not going to bow. Still not going to bow. The Bible in the Hall of Fame of Faith, that's Hebrews chapter 11, gives us all these great stories about Gideon and Jephthah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all these great people of the faith and how they brought, line, brought lines and Daniel in the lion's den and three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace gives us all these great stories of all these wonderful people and how God delivered them. But if you read to the end, if you read the last five verses, it says, but some were sawn asunder. Some wondered about destitute Naked, living in caves. Some didn't get their deliverance on this side. It says it didn't happen like they thought it was going to. And sometimes your situation is not going to turn out like you wanted it to. Sometimes your situation is not going to go the way you hoped it to go for. Sometimes the child's going to die. Sometimes the, the cancer is going to take your loved one. Sometimes your finances are going to happen and you're going to end up in bankruptcy. Sometimes the lawsuits you're going to lose. The question is not, did God forsake me? The question is not, did God forsake me? Because he said this, Lo, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you unto the end of the world. The question is not, God, did you forsake me? The question is, is there enough love in my heart for God to continue to love Him even when things are going bad? Because God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. And if I go through a struggle and a trial, even if it turns out bad, it doesn't mean God has forsaken me because God is good. God loves me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, how many of you this morning are whosoever's? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When the trial and the trouble and the situation comes to you, I want you to know this morning, the question is not, am I good enough? Am I righteous enough? Am I holy enough? Am I, am, I, am I in God enough to be able to bring forth the baby that is to be born? The question is simply, do I know whom I have believed in? Because this book says that he will do exceeding abundantly above anything I can ask or think comma according to the power that works in you. And I want to let you know this morning in closing that nothing that God has given you to do no situation that you've come against no power, no authority no principality Nothing that comes against you today took God by surprise and he said in 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter that he would make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He loves you. Stand with me this morning if you would. Taking enough of your time. Veronica, can I get you to come play behind me here please? I don't feel like I can let you go home today even though we've got a Party tonight at five o'clock out at the park. Uh, it's just twelve twenty, so we've got four hours before we need to be there. I'm joking, but as Veronica plays and sings for us this morning, if you're going through a situation, and I don't think God would have sent me here if somebody wasn't, if you're going through this situation, and you need the Lord to give give you that assurance that you are more than a conqueror through Him that loved you. If God's given you a promise and that promise is starting to wane and you're starting to think, did I even hear from God? I want God's here in this house today to give you assurance that you heard from Him. He's here today. He'll he'll speak to you. He'll touch you. He'll anoint you. He'll give you you compassion. He'll, He'll fill you with His Holy Spirit once again. He'll let your anointing rest upon you. And this morning as she plays, if that's you this morning, then I'm going to ask you just to leave your seat. We're not going to prolong this. We're not going to be down here a long time unless you want to. But if the Lord moves it on your heart now and you need prayer, then I'm going to ask you to leave your seat. Just make your way down. This morning we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? You said, I I need to hear from Jesus. I need to hear from him this morning. I need to know I need to know. I need to know. Thank you all for coming down. Thank you so much. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Amen. I need to hear from God today. He's not mad at you if you come down. He's not up there saying, oh, come on, you're better than that. He's not saying that break and a float of flax he won't quit. anybody else this morning I need to hear from God today it's time to bring forth the baby and I want to make sure I've got the strength to bring it forth amen if you would some of you leave your seat make yourself a minister come down here and pray with these just find you somebody lay your hand on them begin to speak into them just begin to pray with them this morning I'd like to have somebody down here for everybody somebody please to come pray with
1: you don't have to be a
0: member of this church to do this just men with men women with women if you would come on down I have several ladies over here find you somebody Just lift your hands this way. We're going to anoint these with oil. We're going to pray. And we're going to hear from the Lord this morning. Hallelujah.
1: Thank to show the way.
0: Would you lift your hands with me for just a moment? I want to seal this thing. Stand with me for just a moment and we're going to be dismissed. I want you to stand with me. The Bible says that whenever the high priest was about to begin his his high priesthood, that they did two things. First of all, they took the blood of a lamb and they placed it on his earlobe of his right ear, his right thumb, and his right toe. That is right. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, right. There you go. The second thing they did is they took some oil and they sealed, same thing, they sealed that blood. (sighs) They sealed that blood on his ear, on his thumb, and on his toe. And what we're fixing to do is we're going to ask the Lord to do that very thing what He has bought and done today through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, we're going to ask Him today to seal it by the power of the Holy Ghost so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you can lift up a standard and say, no, no, I know what God did in my life that day. I know that God set me free. I know that God answered my prayer. I know you're not going to rob me of my blessing. You're not going to rob me because it's been sealed by the power of the Holy Ghost. So I want you to lift your hands with me this morning and say, Father, seal the promise. Father God, seal the promise with the assurance of the Holy Ghost. Father God, seal the promise today, God. Lord, I know that I've won the victory by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony, Lord God. Lord God, and now I pray, Almighty God, seal your promise, God. Seal it today, God, in such a force, O oh God, that no voice of the devil can rob it. Seal it, Almighty God. Seal it by the Holy Spirit. Seal it by the anointing. Seal it by the word of truth. Seal it. Place your seal upon it, Almighty God, that no lie of the devil can rob us that no adversary can steal it. (laughs) Did you feel that? My God, I hope you felt that. I hope you did. That was pretty amazing. Woo! hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sealed, sealed, sealed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great things that you have done in our midst today. We thank you for the former rain and the latter rain falling together, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you have shown us today what truth is, O oh God. And you've given us the ability to believe in the truth that we know, Father God. And now I pray, Almighty God, that the things that we have won today, God, and the things that we have sealed by the Holy Spirit, God, I pray, Almighty God, that we would now see our faith become sight. God, what you have accomplished in the spirit world today, Lord God, Lord, I command it to be manifested in the world of this physical, God. The things that you have told me in the secret place, O God, Lord, let me shout it from the housetops because I've now seen it with my eyes. Lord God, what I know with my mind, O God, and I know with my heart, God, let me see it with my eyes, Almighty God, that I might shout the good pleasure. Lord, just like Hezekiah didn't have to fight his battle, but Lord, 189,000 souls were dead the next morning. God, they were dead. Hallelujah! Because the child was born, and there was strength to bring it forth. Oh God, thank you that you've given strength to bring it forth today. God, that in the morning all of our enemies are dead, are dead. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give me an amen this morning. Praise God. Amen. Five o'clock this afternoon. Meet you at the park in Lumberton on 421. Come, let's have a good time tonight. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.